Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. And so I went through these emotions and feelings and also the spiritual uh, element of it. And uh, there was this up and down throughout the week as different things happened. And I just want to say to you, uh, there are times where your faith is going to be like this. You're looking to the Lord, your faith is going to be like this. And there's other times where your faith, it's like down here. And you say, Pastor, does that happen to you? I'm telling you, it happened this week. As I look with human eyes on a situation, or even what the Lord has asked me or called me to do, and I look at it from a human perspective, I recognize, man, there's no way this can be done. I want you to know that that is a human perspective, that is a human and carnal view, and we are in that view, we limit God because of unbelief. And as God would speak for us to do certain things, that we would go ahead and we would do those things. And recognizing that there might be this up and down regarding our faith. So in it all, uh, there was confirmation uh, of heading in the right direction. I thank God for the confirmation. I thank God for, for the, uh, uh, the love of the brethren and the support of the brethren at this point in time. Um, and and I'm, I, with that, I'm speaking not just in the church, but I'm speaking outside the church with, with other pastors. I was together with them this week. And uh, so uh, two or three times uh, th throughout the week, uh, I was with pastors, and um, and I just I thank God for the 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 encouragement for what the Lord has put on my heart, and also for us even even as a church things that we need to do. And uh, once again, we have a choice in the matter. We have a choice in the matter. Um, I'm not sure uh, if we're going to be set up for a fellowship, uh, some fellowship time after service. Uh, and I'm, I'm being given the nod that we are. And so the uh, ID and pass, uh, password and passcode, I believe, is on the website. So uh, I'm going to catch you guys after service. And uh, uh, give me a few minutes uh, to get on. on. But uh, I, hopefully, uh, if you can check out the website and uh, get that, if you have Zoom. If you don't have Zoom capability, uh, you can download that app and uh, get it so that we can uh, actually be face-to-face -face, uh, over, over the Internet. So we'll take a little bit of time of fellowship after the service. Um, I had mentioned that we might have communion today or we would have communion. And uh, uh, if there's a possibility of, of getting that, that ready, great. If not, then uh, we will postpone till next week. So um, um, just to have the bread and the cup available if and if that can be done uh at this time if i could have somebody uh just take a a look for that and uh, and i apologize uh just for that that i'm not i'm not quite prepared my bad it's my fault and i just remembered this morning oh my goodness communion so uh, and when you go live it's we're doing things on the fly here um love you guys and i am so excited about the word this morning and I want to get into it right away. And uh, I know sometimes we have uh, opportunity for Thanksgivings. Um, just a powerful uh, 
work that was done in this past week. Uh, just another quick Thanksgiving. Uh, we had a sister that was uh, in the hospital, and I think I may, ha- I may have mentioned that a week or so ago. Uh, or I know that our prayer uh, force has been praying uh, for Shandell and um, was in the hospital for, I think, almost three weeks, had COVID and uh, double pneumonia. And uh, sometimes we wonder, God, why are you, why are you doing certain things? Uh, just a an unbelievable uh work that was done in a situation where that was extreme and negative. And I just want you to, I want you to know at this point, as we yield and surrender to the Lord in the negative situations, he will do a work in it and to get us through it. And not just to get through it, but to make some major changes within our life. And I was just so encouraged by our sister I uh, had some time to interact, <clears throat> and if she's watching, uh, sister, you blessed me yesterday. You have no idea, and it was just another confirmation of what God wants to do uh, at this time. And so I just want to thank you, uh, sister, for, for opening up and just saying, this is what the Lord did to me while I was laid up, and as I was weak and I could do nothing, uh, a powerful work. And uh, so I am excited about what the Lord is doing and these confirmations uh, along the way. Praise God. Uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to be uh, looking at a number of different uh, verses today. Um, and this, this message uh, I'm entitling uh, Anointed, which is part of uh, the fourth part of this anointed series and is called Led and Driven. Led and Driven. And I, I, I want to get into a, a bit of a uh, an experience that happened to me, I don't know how many years ago, probably 10 to 15 years ago. Uh, as some of you know, and, and uh, I, I like cars, vehicles. I really do. And uh, uh, as uh, growing up, I, I remember we, we had this little go-kart and we tried to, uh, to make it go faster and whatever. And, and so we changed different things on this go-kart. And uh, so we had a great time, whether it was summertime or wintertime, didn't matter. Uh, us, uh, us boys, we, uh, my brothers and I, we, we just loved uh, driving. And, and then once you got your, your, uh, your license, uh, to drive your own vehicle was just amazing. But I was, uh, uh, there was a, a time, my, my cousin... And uh, if, if we're into cars, he was into cars at another, another level. And uh, anyways, he had some sports car, a little sports car, uh, a Porsche Boxster Sport, a Porsche Boxster S. And uh, so I, I had gone to visit uh, my cousin, Tim. Tim, if you're watching, uh, I, it was an amazing uh Opportunity. I have never driven in a car, and it was it was like this this souped up go kart, uh, and uh, so he took me for for a drive. So he was driving. He let me drive, I think, but it was more him driving that was was just an, an amazing experience. And so the experience was this. So we are driving on the back roads, and we're not talking gravel roads. We're talking. Uh, uh, asphalt roads and and so we are driving and 
so he's speeding up, and this, this is a curvy, curving, winding road. And so I, I am being driven by uh, my cousin who is, is, what should I say, he was exceeding, uh, well, there, I, I didn't see any uh, signs, but I'm sure that he was exceeding uh, the, the speed limit. And so to the point where as we were going around corners, we were now drifting. And so we're, we're sliding on dry pavement with this car, and it was just, now this is crazy. This is amazing. Uh, we're talking fast. We're talking, how, we're talking controlled. It wasn't out of control. It was completely controlled. I've never driven, Tim, I've never driven uh, in a vehicle like this uh, at that, those kinds of speeds. It wasn't like, it was, it was fast enough for us to be swerving around uh, and, and sliding on, on dry asphalt. An amazing experience. Now, for some, you'd say, oh, man, I am afraid. I'm afraid to be, to be, I would be afraid to be driven at those speeds. For me, it was rather, rather exhilarating. It was like, okay, I can't believe this. And so there was more of an excitement of, of driving. And I, I have no idea of, of what it would be to, to drive uh, on a, on a closed circuit. And uh, I had somebody just yesterday all excited about Formula One racing and uh, just the speeds at w which they're driving. Uh, like we're talking sometimes several hundred miles per hour and uh, just being driven at that speed. It's just amazing. Today, led and driven. And uh, I, I want to, I want to say this. The Holy Spirit desires to be with us, just like my cousin Tim. Not for a second was I afraid. And I was saying, yeah, let's, I'm enjoying this. I'm, I'm, we were, I was driven. I was driven by my cousin, and there was this uh, exhilaration about it. But today, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. And once again, the title is Led and Driven. And I, I want to get into a, a, a little bit of, of teaching first, and then just make a few points about being led and driven. And um, so Acts, if you have your Bibles with you, I want to go to Acts chapter 1 from verse 4. And I want you to know that when you are saved... There's a work, a supernatural spiritual work that is done when you are saved. And when it comes to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a part of your life and in your life at the moment of salvation. As you receive Jesus Christ into your life, uh, there is a, a, a point. At that point, the Holy Spirit comes in. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit uh, comes in. And I want to I expand on that in a moment. But there's another thing when the Holy Spirit, when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, is a separate event that comes and takes place after salvation. So I just want you to know that. So let's go. Uh, should we be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Just quickly, Acts chapter 1 from verse 4 says, And being assembled together with them. And this is the last moment that Jesus is on the planet before he would descend to the Father. So the last thing that he instructs, 
to his disciples and those that were assembled with him, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. So the Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father to us. The, the baptism, the fullness of the Holy Spirit is a promise to us. And it's not, we're not talking salvation here. We're talking something that takes place after salvation. And Jesus goes on to say, which, he said, you have heard from me. I've talked about this already. We read of that in, in Luke chapter 24. We read about that from verse 44 right to the end. And then Acts tying into it uh, and expanding on it. But for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And I just want you to know, right now between Easter, the Passover, and uh, the, the death of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice for us on the cross, and his resurrection, he was on the planet for 40 days. And so he's speaking now. Acts chapter 1 is, uh, is the end of those 40 days, the last day. And, and he's talking about receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He's talking to believers. He's talking to his disciples and those that have come to know the Lord. And he says... For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And in verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Some would say, well, that was just for that time. I'm saying to you at this point, it is also for today, for today that we, are, we have and can have the fullness of the Holy Spirit to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And be baptized in the Holy Spirit. In a few weeks will be Pentecost Sunday. And so the last number of weeks we've been talking about the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon us. To, to have the Holy Spirit upon us. Just like Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit when he began ministry. And we'll see it. We'll, we'll touch in on that uh, in a bit. In, in Acts chapter 8... I want you to recognize the importance of the baptism in the Holy Spirit and to, to, for you to recognize that it is a separate event or a sec separate thing that takes place besides salvation. So you, have, you get saved as you believe in Jesus Christ, as you hear the gospel. You give your life to Jesus. He comes into your life. But the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a separate thing after that would take place after salvation and we'll see this in this passage and a few passages that i want to read quickly it says acts chapter or in acts 8 um, as they went from jerusalem they went to uh, judea and then to samaria so now they are in samaria and it says but when they believed the samaritans believed philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of god and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Now, we're talking being baptized in water, okay? So they, they received, they believed in Jesus, and so Philip was baptizing them in water. Then Simon himself also believed, this, this character in, in this, uh, this passage, Simon, he also believed, and when he, had, when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. So there were miracles and signs being done by Philip, as maybe he prayed for the sick and whatever, so there's signs being done. Now, jumping down to verse 14, we, so we recognize that these, uh, these believe or these Samaritans 
are coming to, to Christ and they're, they're being saved. Just like Jesus said, that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit and that you would be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So that's, just, that's also a time thing. We know, recognize there was time between the point of the Holy Spirit falling in Jerusalem, then Judea as it, it expanded, and then into Samaria. So there was time that took place, even to the uttermost part of the earth. So that as the witness went out, as they were empowered by the Holy Spirit, people are getting saved in a progression of time, and also they are being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now let's look at verse 14. Acts 8 verse 14 says, Now when the apostles who were, in, were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they may receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So we recognize there's this, this period of time from the time that they're saved. The word gets back to, to the apostles in Jerusalem that they, they, they'd been saved. And I get this picture of, of Peter and John saying, oh, my goodness, they need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so these guys are uh, hoofing it. Who knows how long, how many miles to Samaria. And, and so they're just, I get this picture of a, a, an urgency about them to say they need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so that's what they're doing. So they, they come to Samaria. And it says in verse 17, then they laid hands on them, and these believers received the Holy Spirit. You say, what, what's happening here? Now, from every indication, we recognize. Now, it doesn't say that they began to speak in other tongues, as it was in Acts chapter 2, that when it happened and when the Holy Spirit fell upon them. But we recognize that there's a period of time between salvation and and the point where they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to say to you at this point in time, you can be saved, but you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I know that might uh, throw some people, and some people might even say, oh, I'm offended. You say, what, the Holy Spirit's not within me? Yes, the Holy Spirit is within you. But you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I'll, I want to make a, a distinction in a moment. Another incident that happened and I want to go to Acts chapter 19 and just quickly read through this. We, get, we have uh, Paul now, uh, who, full of the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And uh, <clears throat> he goes to, uh, to uh, Ephesus, right? He's going, he goes to Ephesus. And so we're talking uh, a length of time later. We're probably talking several uh, years later. Um, at this point, it probably would have been even more than several years. We're talking probably 14, 15, 16 years later. And so there are people that uh, are saved, and they were saved through the ministry of John the Baptist as they believed in Jesus Christ, that he was coming. And so they were baptized the, in the baptism of John, which was a baptism of repentance. He says, you know what, I want you to baptize, be baptized and there, there would be a sign that you are repenting from your sins. And so John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. And so, so here we have uh, Paul coming to this city of Ephesus. So we can read in Acts chapter 19, verse 1. 
It says, and it happened when Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. So they're, they're basically saying in our vernacular today, it's like, what are you talking about, Paul? We, we didn't even know that there was a Holy Spirit. And so uh, tell us, tell us about this Holy Spirit. And so then Paul is asking then about, about salvation here at this point. He says, he said to them, into what then were you baptized? Now, they were disciples, disciples of, of John the Baptist, but they had already believed. Because Paul, Paul says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And so they, they say, well, we don't, we don't know what you're talking about. So he asked him, well, into what were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. So, um, so they had been baptized at that point. They had believed on Jesus Christ. They were followers of Jesus Christ, possibly have, had not ever met Jesus, but they had believed on him. So it says, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So now John or, or Paul baptizes them. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. So there's about 12 guys that Paul uh, uh, laid hands on, and they began to speak with other tongues and, and also to prophesy. And we, we realize this is exactly what happened when the Holy Spirit first fell in Acts chapter 2. As the Holy Spirit, as they were waiting, and they had waited from the time that Jesus uh, left the planet 40 days after the, the Passover and his death, and to the point where he ascended to heaven, the 50th day on the day of Pentecost, so from Passover to Pentecost, 50 days. And so here now... The Holy Spirit falls upon them in Acts chapter 2. And they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says, and they began to speak with other tongues in another language as the Holy Spirit gave them the utterance, is what the, New King, or the King James Version says. So we see that, that the apostles or the, the disciples and followers of Jesus Christ, they were saved, but they needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You might say, is that for today? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, you might say, why do I need the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Why, why is it so important? And I want you to turn to Mark chapter 1, verse 9. And we recognize uh, in this passage that, that um, Jesus, he's about 30 years of age, and he is now beginning ministry. So we have not heard of Jesus from the time that he's 12 up until the time that he's 30, there's 18 years. We don't hear anything about Jesus. The ministry hasn't begun. But now, as ministry would begin, we, we recognize that there's a work that's being done. And there's an anointing of Jesus, upon Jesus, of the Holy Spirit. So let's read from verse 9. <clears throat> it says, It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. This is John the Baptist is baptizing people, and now uh, he's come to John, and John's going to baptize him in water. 
And immediately, coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, descending upon him, upon Jesus, like a dove. Then a voice came up, uh, from heaven, you are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness, and he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. So as soon as Jesus uh, was desiring to, to start ministry, or it was time for him to start, he was uh, baptized and anointed with the Holy Spirit. And, and John uh, talks about the fact that he had the Spirit the Holy Spirit upon him without measure. Last week, we, we were talking about uh, a double portion, that Elisha had a double portion of the Holy Spirit that, uh, that Elijah had. So he had twice the portion. It's interesting. So what, can we have a portion of the Holy Spirit? Jesus had the Spirit without measure. There was no limitation to the Holy Spirit upon Jesus. And that same unlimited power of the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus desires to have on us and put on us. Once again, you might say, but pastor, don't I receive the Holy Spirit when I'm saved? Yes, yes you do. However, let me just clarify, and I'll tell you, I looked for this scripturally, because I was, I was saying, well, how, scripturally, where is it in scripture that, that, the Holy Spirit is, would be within us or would be upon us or whatever. And this thing of, of when, at the point of salvation and that we need something more. And uh, the Lord, this is now literally years of searching. I would read books on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I wanted to, to know the theological um, uh, passages that would deal with this. Because in the Old Testament... We recognize that, yeah, Elijah had a portion of the Holy Spirit, and then Elisha had a double portion of the Holy Spirit. The portion that was on, on Moses was divided amongst the 70 elders. So we, we recognize that it's, there's this, this idea of the fact that there can be different level, or not, I don't want to say levels, but portions, if, if you would, of the Holy Spirit upon us and in us. And, and so we need to recognize that. And so when Jesus is saying, hey, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, that you would receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, that you can be witnesses unto me, it's about ministry, that there would be a witness that comes through us to minister to other people the good news of Jesus Christ. And he wants to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. All right, so you're saying, well, Pastor, what passage? 2 Corinthians 1, verse 21 and 22. And this passage just... Uh, blew me away as I looked at the, the, the theology of it. It says, Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. So there's, we've been established in Christ. We're saved. And God has anointed us. There's an anointing on us of, of the Holy Spirit. And it says, Who also has sealed us and giving, given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Now, in the New King James Version, uh, we say, okay, so the Holy Spirit is given to us in our hearts as, the, uh, as a guarantee. This, this doesn't really bring something out. I want, I want you to go with me to the, the King James Version because 
This word guarantee in the New King James Version, in the English language, we get thrown off by it if we don't look at the, the original language that it's spoken in. And the, with the King James Version, we get to see that there's a, a different term that you say, okay, I understand what a guarantee, you're guaranteed. You know, the Holy Spirit is, is in our, our hearts as a guarantee. So I, I, I understand that from an English perspective. But look at what it says in the King James Version. And we'll say, well, what is that? So we're going to read those two verses again with the New King James Version, or the King James Version. Verse 21 says, Now he which establisheth us, or, or makes us solid, or, or stable, with you, now he who is, uh, which establishes us with you in Christ, and hath anointed us, is God. So there's a work that's done supernaturally, spiritually, uh, through Jesus Christ and by the Father. And, and so we have the Trinity here, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then verse 22, who hath also sealed us. So there's a, 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 a stamp put on us, if you would, a seal, a, a, a mark that is put on us by God, saying, "This, I'm, you're a child of God, and, and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. All right, so now here's a word that, that struck me. And so the very first time that I went and looked at this word earnest, which is the same word in the New King James Version that says guarantee, uh, which throws us off. Earnest, I didn't understand. So I went to the original, and the word is actually arabon, or arabon, which is a Hebrew of Hebrew origin. So it's not of, of a Greek origin of, of what the New Testament is written, but it is of Hebrew origin, okay? So this is a, a, a Hebrew word. And this is what it means. An earnest money which in purchases is given as a pledge or down payment that the full amount will subsequently be paid. So if I said to you, as you say, well, what does that mean? Well, I, so if I was going to say to you, hey, listen, we're, we're making a, 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 a I, I want to pledge to you that I'm going to give you um, $1,000. But here, here's $100 to begin with, just so you know, yeah, there's another, there's a, another amount coming. Here's the problem with most believers, either because of ignorance, just like the, the, this, uh, these disciples in Ephesus, they, they said, well, what are you talking about the Holy Spirit? We didn't know that there is a Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had already, they had the earnest of the Spirit. They had been given the down, down payment without even knowing about the Holy Spirit. But there was something more that Paul says, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit since you believed? So there's something even more than just a down payment or an earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. But there is the whole thing that is desired. So as we are saved, we are, um, we are given the earnest of the Spirit, a portion, a down payment for what is yet to come. And that is in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So <clears throat> I don't know about you. Let me just give you a... Make it more extreme and vivid for you. If I said to you, hey, I'm going to give you a billion dollars, you'd say, oh, man, sure, I want, a, I want a billion dollars. And I said to you at this point in time, hey, here's $100 just to let you know that this is what is yet coming. Would you be satisfied with $100 or would you say, hey, I want the billion dollars? Like, where's the billion dollars? I want to say to you, that is... 
maybe it's a more of an extreme. So we get the picture of don't be satisfied with the earnest of the Spirit, but rather that you would have the fullness of the Spirit without measure. That's what we're talking about, and that's what the Lord was saying. Listen, I want you to wait until you've received. I don't want you to do anything until you have the power of the Holy Spirit upon you in your life. Listen. So many of us are satisfied with the earnest of the Spirit at, self, at the point of salvation. And if you're out there today that you're not, you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'm saying to you, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. The fullness of the Holy Spirit without measure. That, that the Holy Spirit, as gentle as a dove, would come upon you and empower you beyond the earnest of the Spirit, beyond just a, a portion, but the fullness of the Spirit that truly... that. Jesus said that there's a possibility of rivers of living water flowing through you. And he's not saying that just to, to give a picture. He is actually saying, listen, as the Holy Spirit begins to flow through you, you have the opportunity as you share the gospel for people to come to life. The seed gets gets planted in a person's heart, and the, the watering of the Holy Spirit that's coming through you will have the, 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 the person respond if they, as they accept. On the day of Pentecost, one message by Peter, and this is the one that just, you know, uh, 50 days prior, had denied Jesus three times. He said, I don't know Jesus. 50 days later, in the power of the Holy Spirit, he's preaching. You can read it in Acts chapter 2. And as a response to that preaching and the living waters flowing from this man, empowered by the Holy Spirit, it says that 3,000 people were saved in that one service, if you would. It was an outdoor service, and 3,000 people were saved because the Holy Spirit was flowing through Peter. You don't want just a down payment. You want the fullness. You don't want just the earnest of the Holy Spirit, but rather the fullness. Now, you say, what does this have to do with the message entitled, Led? And driven. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter four, verse one. And I, I want you to I want you to know, and I especially for those of you that are baptized in the Holy Spirit and full of the Holy Spirit, you have a choice of whether or not you want to be used by God and by the Holy Spirit. You have a choice. You have a choice. And so you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was 14. Between my uh, grade 9 and grade 10, in the summer between, I believe it was 1978, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I just want to say, <laughs> it was like suddenly I'm in a Porsche Boxster Sport. And... My cousin is driving me along at high speed. The things that started off almost immediately after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, there was the, uh, a thing of an opening of ministry that would begin at that point. I've shared this before. We began ministry uh, with a band called Cornerstone years. I, we were just turned, I just turned 15 in October then. So, um, and here we are. We are doing this, this thing that started off, and for four years, 
we were part of this group called Cornerstone to the point where uh, one of the guys that was in the, um, the band uh, continued on in the area of worship and uh, God used him powerfully and is using him powerfully even at this point. And uh, I recognize that even myself, one of the areas that I just love is, is the, worship, the thing of worship. Uh, to, to be a part of, uh, to, to play the piano and just to worship the Lord. I'm not, I'm not a talented singer or musician, but to worship the Lord. And it began right after, just after the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I had, we had a choice. Some of this stuff was stuff that I didn't even know would happen. And here the Lord is beginning to work powerfully to open doors. And I, I, I mentioned this before. Not once did we go to a place and say, hey, listen, can we come and play at your church or at your event or whatever? Not once. And the last, the third and fourth year, we were out 30 or 40 times in those last two, two years at different places, 30, 40 times in different places around Ontario as, as the Holy Spirit used these, these teenagers. We were teenagers. The youngest, when I was 14, I, uh, the, the drummer was, I think, 12 or 13 years of age when we started off. Amazing how God led by the Holy Spirit, and we were able to minister uh, beautifully and powerfully as teenagers. So, the thing of lead. Let's look at Luke chapter 4, verse 1. So, we, we, we've read that Jesus was baptized. The Holy Spirit came upon him, and so he was baptized in water, and as he came up, he was also filled with the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit was upon Jesus. You say, what, did Jesus need the Holy Spirit? Jesus was fully God and fully man, and in as, as fully man, he operated as he began his ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit. He did not do it in his uh, capacity as son of God, but rather the son of man, and in the capacity of the Holy Spirit upon him. Amazing. Was, did Jesus need to get saved? No, no, no. He didn't have to get saved. He was without sin. He is our Savior. But it's amazing that Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, did the work of, of the, that the Holy Spirit would have him do. We read of that in Acts chapter 10, how, God, how the Father anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So it says here in Luke 4, verse 1, it says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So here he is. He was filled. And that, that word has to do with being full, filled up. So a, a, a vessel that is, is, is empty is filled right to the, the brim. It's covered every part. It's full. Uh, it's complete. So Jesus had the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I like what the King James Version says. It says, it doesn't say then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. It says Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Ghost. He was full of the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If Jesus needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, so do we. Now, it says here, at the end of this verse, it says, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. So he had been baptized in water, was full of the Holy Spirit, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was led by the Spirit. This word, we understand what this word is, to be led. If you're led by someone or something, you are following. 
Now listen, when you are led by someone or something, you are willingly saying, I want to or I need to be led, and so I'm going to follow. I willingly follow. There's not a thing of, of, of coercion, you know, a gun being put to your head. Listen, you need to follow me. If you don't, we're, we're going to shoot you. There's nothing of that. There's no twisting of the arm. There was a willingness of Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, to say, I am, I am being led by the Holy Spirit. It says the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. And he was, as we would continue on that passage, he was there for 40 days in the wilderness without food and without water. And he was there tempted by, the Holy, uh, by, the, by Satan himself over the course of the 40 days. But he was led by the Holy Spirit. He chose to follow the Holy Spirit. Can I just say this? When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit desires to, to lead you in what God wants to do in you and through you. So not only does he want to do a work on your life to change you, but he wants to do a work through your life to, to bless others, and he wants to lead you in the things that you should do. You say, well, pastor, can't I do the things of the Lord without being filled with the Holy Spirit? Sure, you, you could. But the extent of it is this aspect of being led. Jesus, up until he was 30, like I say, from the time he was 12 to the time that he was 30, we don't hear about him. But now when the, the Holy Spirit is upon him and is leading him, now the work of ministry begins. And the, the word anoint, uh, anointed or anointing is, is a, a, was done. The, the, the priests were anointed to inaugurate their, their work or their ministry, uh, ministry. So inaugurate is the beginning work of ministry for the priests. So they were anointed with oil. And it says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. There is an inauguration that anointing is an inauguration to begin ministry. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit. We need to be anointed with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit wants to lead us into ministry to do things, to work through us. And you say, well, well, well how long do I have to wait? Do I have to wait 18 years like Jesus? For me, I, 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 from the time I was 9 to the time that I was 14, as much as a 9 or 10-year-old could say, I, I want the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So when the, when the church, when there was altar time and an opportunity to, to, to be um, filled with the Holy Spirit, and it, it didn't, it's not like it was happening every Sunday or whatever. It would be like sporadically. I would go to the, to the altar and I, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And even at, at, the camp, at the camp where I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, there was a time set aside to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so as I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, now the Holy Spirit is in filling me to, to the full and overflowing, and he desires to do a work of ministry, and it began at that point. He was led by the Holy Spirit to begin ministry. He went and followed the Holy Spirit. You know what? Who, who are you following? As a believer, who are you following? Without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is so easy. And even with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we do have choice. But there is this aspect of, of us being casual, if you would, 
um, about the, the, the aspects of ministry. And you say, well, hey, uh, what, you can't be dedicated and whatever? Sure, I have no problems with dedication and, and discipline and all of those kinds of things. But the Lord desires for us not to do things out of just our own discipline and our own effort and our own determination, but by the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so he wants to, Jesus, if Jesus needed the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the empowering of the Holy Spirit, how much more us? He was led, so he followed. Who are you following at this time? Is it yourself, your, your desires as a believer, your, what you want to do? Or are you allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you? And I'm talking not just to people that haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about those that are filled with the Holy Spirit. Because a person that is led has a choice to say, you know what, I'm not following. So even those of, of us who are, are baptized in the Holy Spirit, we have a choice to say, I'm not going to do that. And this past week was indication. I mentioned earlier that my, my emotions were like this. Spiritually, I was like this. In what God is asking me to do, I said, God, I don't know if I can do this. And at, at some, when I was looking at to the Lord, I was like, yes. When I wasn't looking to the Lord and I was starting to look at through human eyes, it was like, no, 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 I can't do this thing. I'm saying to you at this point that the Holy Spirit desires to lead you to do a work of ministry. Look what it says in Luke 4, verse 18. And this is Jesus. Why was he baptized in the Holy Spirit? Why was the Holy Spirit upon him? It says in verse 18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. None of this has to do with himself. It's like all about me and what I want. It was the Holy Spirit now on Jesus leading him to minister to others. It's about touching other people's lives. There's nothing of selfishness, but rather selflessness. As Jesus is selfless, even to the point of the cross, that allows for us to have salvation in him and what he did for us on the cross. Praise God. Now, it's interesting when it comes to ministry, that the very first thing that happened as Jesus was led by the Spirit was that he went out into the wilderness and there was an attack by the enemy. Satan himself came to him. In uh, Luke 4, verse 13, it says, Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he de departed from him until an opportune time. You know what? <clears throat> and I want to say this. Uh, grade 10... So here I am, baptized in the Holy Spirit, summer before grade 10 starts. Grade 10 starts, and I, we start off in, in this, this ministry, getting in the band and, and practicing. Like, usually we practice two nights a week. And uh, we'd practice for, I can remember my finger bleeding because we were just pounding on the, on the keyboard, and this finger here would bleed. And uh, I can remember that. But in grade 10, it was almost like I was being led into the wilderness and Satan was coming against me with temptation to tempt. I would say that one of the most exciting years was that grade 10 as we, we started ministry, 
just initial beginning of ministry, but along with it came extreme attack personally and spiritually. And I, I recognize at different points the attack of the enemy on me in, that, in, in grade 10 especially. Uh, with popularity, with uh, uh, sports and excelling in sports, and not to say I have anything against uh, sports and competition, uh, with temptation when it came to the opposite sex. And I, there's girls that were, had, I can remember that year, a girl coming to, hey, will you take me, can you take me to the, the junior prom? I was like, and there was, so there was this, this temptation, and I was like, no, I, I don't, I don't want to go to prom. There was these battles that were going on, and I just want to say this. When you are led by the Holy Spirit, there will be a, an attack, and especially as you are filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit, Satan will come, and you say, well, why is Satan coming at that point? The reason he's coming at that point is to, to shut you down. He doesn't want you to continue on. He wants to discourage you. He doesn't want you being led by the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want you empowered by the Holy Spirit. So he's going to attempt to shut you down just as he attempted to shut Jesus down. But Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Look what it says in verse 14. Luke 4 verse 14. So this is after the, the 40 days and the temptations during those 40 days. It says, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and the news of him went through all the surrounding region, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. He went in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit, and there was a work that began that, he, that the news of him went out through all, throughout all the surrounding region. Like we were talking God working through Jesus by the Holy Spirit, in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to say to you at this time, that's exactly what he wants to do through us in these last days. In the power of the Holy Spirit, that we would be led by the Holy Spirit to do the things that the Holy Spirit would have us do. Not what we want, but what he wants. And we say, yes, I'm in agreement with what the Holy Spirit would have me do. Whether it's being led into the wilderness, even to be attacked by the enemy, but then to continue on to say, Lord, I am going to be led by your spirit. I choose to follow the Holy Spirit and the things that he would have me do. Being led means that we are willing to follow. And I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit will uh, lead you to do some amazing, amazing things to impact others. Whether it's brothers and sisters in the Lord or whether it's those that don't know Jesus Christ, he desires to impact you or impact others through you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not about me. And so often it's, 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 it's like, Lord, I can't do this in my own strength. And even the ministry, sometimes it gets tiring. It's tiring uh, to minister. And sometimes when you want a break and then there's another call or whatever comes and, and you, you need to continue on, I recognize that's in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if it was of myself, I'd say, hey, no, I'm not, I don't want to deal with that. I don't have time for that. I don't care about that. And it's not just time. I don't have time. It's like I don't care. Well, that's not what the, as the Holy Spirit leads us, as we're filled with the Holy Spirit, there's even changes within our hearts to say, I do care. And you recognize, well, it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit doing a work on me and through me to even care for those that nobody else wants to care for. 
praise God for the power to return and to move in the power of the Holy Spirit, that it would be done through us. You say, well, I'm not a pastor. Listen, the Lord began. I wasn't a pastor when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I wasn't a pastor for another 20 years. But the Lord was able to work over the years in powerful ways as you are led, as you say, yes, I will follow the Holy Spirit. I want you to turn to Mark chapter 1, verse 9. And we see there's a different word that's used here than the word led. It says in Mark 1, verse 9, it says, And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of, Ga Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. So, like a dove. And truly, the Holy Spirit is like that, gentle like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So we, Matthew makes an account of this in chapter 4. Luke makes account of this in chapter 4 as well. But in Luke, or Mark chapter 1, look at verse 12. It says, immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. Now you say, well, this word is different. In fact, it is a completely different word than led. It means to be... There's a, a notion of, of being driven by violence, with a notion of violence. And there's a notion of, of being driven without violence. But it's amazing here. So this, this thing of violence as in forcefully. We're talking about forcefully. Uh, one of the meanings of this word drove is, and the word is ekbalo uh, in, the, in the Greek, to compel one to depart. So there's this, this compulsion. So it's not just a thing. You say, well, can it be both? Absolutely. You can be led by the Holy Spirit, but the other aspect of what the Holy Spirit would desire to do is that you are, are allowing him, there's a, there's a compulsion upon you to compel you, to compel you, to empower you to do the work that he wants to do. Just like I could have said to my cousin, Tim, I could have said, Tim, for goodness sake, slow down. What are you doing? Are you crazy? How come you're driving like this? You're nuts. I was saying, oh, I was just I was laughing as we're drifting around these corners. Once again, on drive pavement, I, I can see I drifting on, on a dirt road, but on drive or on dry pavement, there was a compulsion even by Tim, to say, hey, Dave, let me show you what this car can actually do. And it was like, oh, man, I love this. And so I am allowing the Holy Spirit to compel me, to propel me, to move me forward. I'm saying yes. So not only is he leading or I'll be led by the Holy Spirit, I'm willing to be led, but he desires to, to, to drive us, to compel us if we'll allow him. So Jesus here in this passage is saying yes to the Holy Spirit. You want me to go in the, into the wilderness? You are with me. I'm going into the wilderness, not just for a day or two, for 40 days and not eating. Some would say, well, yeah, he was son of God, so he didn't feel hunger. I'll tell you right now, it says at the end of that passage, it says he was hungry. Jesus felt everything that we would feel if we went on a 40-day fast. But the Holy Spirit had driven him, drove him into the wilderness even to the point of being knowing that Satan would be there to tempt. And it was like the Holy Spirit saying, hey, are you kidding me? 
and that we could say, are you kidding me? So Satan comes and it would, it would attack? That we would allow. Let us allow for the Holy Spirit to, to compel us, to drive us, to compulse us to do the things that he desires to do in the power, in his power. I'm excited about this because I want to say this to you. I want to say this. I'm speaking to you folks that are listening today. The things that, the God, that God wants to do through you, that you are created for, it says in Ephesians 2 verse 10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that we would walk in them. Not just, well, I think I'm going to do this at this point, but that, that our life would be about the things that God would have us do in the power of the Holy Spirit. They would be accomplished and done. If you allow, you can be led by the Holy Spirit, but also the Holy Spirit would drive you. He was driven by the Holy Spirit. And, and Jesus saying, yeah, I'm, I'm all for this. Let's go. So the speed at which you go, the, the things that the Holy Spirit desires to do through you is way beyond what you can possibly imagine. I, I love what it says in Ephesians uh, 3, verse 20. It says that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we may ask or think according to the power within us. And the verses above that are talking about the fullness of the Spirit and, and, and of God in our lives. And the things that God wants to do through us is like, I'm in a car with Tim, and, and we're drifting around the corners. It is exciting. And complete control. Complete control. The Lord wants to do those kinds of things through us. So I, I, I say to you, my dear brothers and sisters, if you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need to seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He is as gentle as a dove. It is the promise of the Father to us. And secondly, it is Jesus, the one. He is the one that baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Jesus saved you, would you allow Jesus also to baptize you in the Holy Spirit? You say, Jesus, I come to you. I want the promise of the Father of the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit in fullness, not in measure, not the earnest of the Spirit. I want the fullness. I want everything. I want everything that, that, that God has for me in the Holy Spirit. And I, I, I will be led. I choose to be led. And I choose even if he wants to compel me and drive and drive fast. And work fast and hard, I'm, I'm with you, Holy Spirit. I am with you. My dear brothers and sisters, allow the work of the Holy Spirit to be done. Let it be done. Praise God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed. There's so many people in this day and age, number one, that need to hear the gospel, to preach the gospel. They are poor. They may have, they may have wealth, material wealth, but they are poor when it comes to the things of eternity, when it comes to things of God, when it comes to things of hope, when it comes to things of peace and joy and love and all the things that, that God gives, that we would preach the gospel to minister to others, to bring them life in Jesus Christ. And that we would minister to those that are brokenhearted. There are so many people that are brokenhearted. There are people that are captive. They're, they're bound that we can proclaim liberty in Jesus' name, be set free. Recovery of sight to the blind. They're blind. They're in darkness. They're wandering. And they're heading straight to hell on a, on a, a super highway where many are going 
to that place of destruction. And the Lord is saying, I want to, to, to have them come to a place of sight, to be able to see the direction they're heading in, and that they would say, you know, I need to turn. I need to come. I need to give my life to Jesus Christ. There are people that are oppressed at this time. We need to see that, that those that are oppressed are given liberty, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now is the time. Now is the time for salvation. Now is the time to give your life to the Lord. Hallelujah. As he was reading this passage from Isaiah, it says, he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. My ministry is beginning. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is upon me. It's beginning now. I, I pray to God that, that that ministry would be begin now with you as you as you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, as you allow the Holy Spirit to drive you, as you are anointed with the Holy Spirit. If you're listening today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, I want to just pray a prayer that you would be able to, to come and allow Jesus to come into your life. He loves you so much. He has plans and purposes for you that they would be realized in your life. And I'm talking about on this side of heaven and then for all eternity. What is ahead of us is beyond anything we could possibly imagine. Good, good. And at this time that there would be um, a saying, I want, I don't want, just want Jesus. I just want to say, well, just Jesus. But you say, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit too. I want this power of the Spirit upon my life. But you cannot be baptized in the Holy Spirit until you are saved, until you allow Jesus to come into your life and to cleanse you from all the things of unrighteousness in your life. And so we want to pray. Uh, we, as we ask for forgiveness, Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. As we just say, I am a sinner. And he is able to, to clean us only by his blood that was shed. That's why he went to the cross. He took all the punish, or the, the, our sins upon him and the consequences of our sin, which is separation from God. He took upon himself and he bled and he died for us. And that blood that was shed is the only thing that can wash us clean from our sins. And he desires to be in our life, in, in your life. He desires to, to come into your life, that you would allow him to come into your life at this point. So I want to help you. I want to pray a prayer with you. If you'd pray with me, Jesus, I confess that I have sinned. I am a sinner. I confess my sin before you. But you took all my sin upon yourself. I can't believe that you would do that. You would take my consequences, eternal separation from God. You, you took the consequence of sin my sin upon yourself, and you died for me. But you overcame death and hell. You overcame the power of sin, the, the, even in my life. And you rose to heaven. You are above all things. All power and authority is yours. I believe that. I believe that you died for me. I need you in my life. Come into my life. Set me free. Forgive me. Let me have life in and through you. In Jesus' name.
and fill me with your spirit, that I would be led by your spirit, that I would be even driven by your spirit to accomplish what you would have for me to do at this time. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just pray. I just I thank you for what you, what, what you are saying to us and what is promised to us in the, in the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father, which is the power, the Holy Spirit upon us, the fullness, the same thing, the same being and power that was upon you is available for us. Lord, we just say thank you. And, Lord, we, we come to you, Jesus, and we just say, Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Baptize me in the power of your spirit at this time, in Jesus' name, that I would be led. I, I willingly choose to be led by the Holy Spirit, and I willingly choose even to be driven by the Holy Spirit, to be compelled powerfully by the Holy Spirit, that I would operate in the power of the Spirit in these last days to proclaim the good news to the poor, to those that need it at this time. We, those that are, are not saved need to hear about you. They are without hope. Lord, let me preach the gospel in the power of the Holy Spirit. Do works not just on me, but through me. I just pray this in Jesus' name. Lord, I, let this be for, for each and every one as they would listen. They would recognize the power of the Holy Spirit available to them, and they would move in the power of the Holy Spirit. I just pray this. Thank you, Jesus. I give you all the praise and glory. I look forward to what is yet to come as we move forward by your Spirit in this day and age. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. So good to have you with us. And I, I don't know if we have uh, the emblems. And uh, if you have an opportunity, if you need to, to just pause uh, and uh, get those items, uh, if if that could, you can do that. Just pause, and we'll get into uh, some communion. And um, you, you will have something better at home than this uh, little cup with uh, a wafer on the, on the top. Uh, so you get a, a piece of bread, and uh, if you're with your family, that you would uh, take and break that bread together with them. I just want to read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and from verse 23. And this is, this is Paul. Paul was not there the night Jesus was betrayed, the night that, that they had communion where the, the 12 were there and uh, Judas being filled with, not the Holy Spirit was filled with, with Satan as he just went, decided to say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to follow Jesus. I'm going to do what Satan would have me do. But that night, they had communion. Paul wasn't there, but the, the Lord revealed to him the importance of, of the bread and the cup, which represent the, his body and his blood shed for us, his broken body and his blood shed for us. So I just want to read, and this is Paul saying years later. This is, I think, uh, 1 Corinthians was written around 52 uh, A.D. So we would 53 A.D. around there. So we're talking uh, 20 years after Jesus died, and it says, "For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread." And so I'm just gonna see if I can get this out.
So this is an emblem of his body. And, it's, and he says, he, had, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember that my body was broken for you, and his body, by his stripes, we have healing. We can be healed because of his broken body. And so let's just, uh, let's just pray at this time. Lord, I just, I thank you for your body that was broken for us. And Lord, that we could have healing at this time. And so I just pray in Jesus' name that there would be healing that would come right now to those that are, are sick. Lord, physically or mentally, emotionally, even spiritually at this time, that there would be a healing that would come because of your broken body. Lord, that we could be made whole in Jesus' name because that's why you died for us. Lord, all, your, all the things of sickness, of, of disease, and all these different things were placed on you so that there can be healing as we would remember you, as we would acknowledge who you are and what you did for us when you went to the cross. Even as you suffered on the cross, it was for our healing. So, Lord, I pray even as we would take the bread that we would remember this and that there would be a healing that would come right now in Jesus' name to those that need it. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Let's all partake of the bread. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in, in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. You acknowledge, as we take communion, we're, we're acknowledging his body that was broken for us, his blood that was shed for us, and his death for us that we could have life. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. And we want to do this. We want to examine ourselves. Lord, at this time, we, we, we not only thank you for your blood that was shed for us, but, Lord, that we would also look at ourselves and recognize, even as we confess our sin, if there's any sin, Lord, we just, we, we just want to confess it. And, Lord, your word says that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we just say yes. We say yes to that that. that forgiveness we say yes to cleansing and washing and making clean of our being lord by your blood as we confess lord i pray this lord those that are are under guilt and condemnation and shame of the enemy and of of their condition or things that they may have done that aren't right lord i pray right now even as they confess to you anything of sin Lord, that there will be a washing, and with it there will come just a sense of, of, of peace and joy, knowing that they are clean, not in their own righteousness, but because of your righteousness. And so, Lord, I just pray that there will be a sense of well-being because they know that they are right before you. So, Lord, do this work even now as we have confessed, as, as, as we have examined ourselves. Do a work of, of washing and cleaning us. Spiritually, Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, thank you for the cup. Thank you for your blood. 
Amen. Amen. Let's all partake of the cup. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you. The fact that the just shall live by faith. Lord, in your body that was broken, on the cross, in your blood that was shed, as you hung on the cross, Lord, our faith is in you and who you are and what you did for us on the cross. It's not just knowing about you, but is also recognizing what you did for us. And Lord, that's where our faith is in for our salvation. And we just thank you today as we have heard about the Holy Spirit and the fact that he wants to lead us and even drive us as, as we would allow him and say, yes, I want this to be. I want to be used mightily by God. Lord, I just pray that that would be realized by each and every one of us in the, today, in the coming days and weeks and months, should you tarry, Lord, until you come back, we will operate and move in the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless you so much. And uh, once again, if you can, uh, on the website, I believe there's an uh, uh, indication of um, how you can get on Zoom and uh, be with you shortly. And hopefully that works out and that we could have uh, a little bit of fellowship uh, and I'm looking forward to the time that we can come and gather. And I'm praying that it will be sooner than later. And, and I, I want you to pray for me because the Lord is putting urging. There's a, a, a driving. And I, I'm, I'm, at some points I'm, I'm trying to put the brakes on. Uh, and, and then we slow down. But the Lord would have me do something. So pray for me seriously uh, as, as this thing that the Lord is compelling me to do, that it would be done because I know that it will impact uh, not just our church, but it could impact or it will impact our community powerfully and, uh, and across this land. So praise God. Love you guys. Thank you for your giving of your tithes and your offerings uh, online uh, by e-transfer. Appreciate it. And love you guys. Miss you so much. And uh, we will see you soon. God willing, in Jesus' name, be blessed. Amen. Hey, Lighthouse family, thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at LighthouseNiagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.